0: Hey, I'm Steve Folland. How are you doing? Thanks for listening. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by FreeAgent, the online accounting software that puts you in control of your freelancer finances. To claim your one-month free trial, visit freeagent.com slash freelance Right now, though, let's find out what it's like being freelance for illustrator Martha Williams.
1: I think I came into this being quite naive, and I would be like, oh, don't worry about a contract and then a few times people didn't pay me. And if they don't want to sign a contract, there's something up with them. For me, the idea was to become freelance, to like enjoy my life more, and to like work on these areas that I wanted to work on. So I try and keep that in mind and not allow it to become overly stressful or extremely overworked and things like that. I don't think it's very healthy. Like I've got work just from going to the pub and just chatting to people and just, you know, reaching out to everyone. (laughs) So I've like really changed my personality since becoming freelance. I used to be a lot less organized, but now I excel sheet my entire life.
0: So there is Martha, the final guest of 2018. As this goes out, I'm well aware that you could be listening to this at any point in the future. But yeah, the last one of season six. Yeah, man, what a good one it's been. Thank you so much to all the guests that we've had since the summer. If you've not heard them all, Quick, go back after this one and make sure you've downloaded them so that you can listen to them. We're going to take a couple of weeks for Christmassy type things. I've got a lot of mince pies on my to-do list. Apparently mince pies aren't a thing in the States. So like have a pumpkin pie, What, whatever it is that you guys do. Anyway, I think we can all agree on gingerbread though, can we? Okay, let's say gingerbread. I've got a lot of gingerbread on my to-do list. So yeah, a bit of a break for Christmas, but season seven will kick off in January with some more cracking guests. But as you know, over 150 episodes, so please do make sure you're subscribed so you get the new ones when we return and also go back and check out some others. There's also my vlog where I document my freelance week. So, you can find that online, be it on YouTube, where it would be awesome if you think about hitting subscribe and turning on notifications and leaving comments and things like that. It's great when you get involved, or you can find it on the homepage at beingfreelance.com as well. Anyway, if you are listening to this as it goes out and you've got a bit of time off over Christmas, if you're, you know, if you celebrate Christmas, but even if you don't, Often you'll find that like clients are off, so hopefully it'll be a bit quieter for you. I hope you have a cracking time. And thank you so much for listening. Right now, though, let's crack on and chat to freelance illustrator Martha Williams. Hey, Martha.
1: Hey, how are you, Steve?
0: I am well. Really looking forward to this. You are clearly from the UK, but where are you?
1: I'm currently in Barcelona, but I fly back tomorrow.
0: <gasps> what? Not for good?
1: Uh, well, I'm kind of based between the two at the moment, so I spend about sixty-five percent of my time, something like that, in the UK, and then the rest of it out here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to change over to the Spanish system before Brexit, but
0: <laughs> oh god, how depressing! So you fly back and forth. You've just got an absolute obsession with Toblerone and like to go through airports a lot. Is that the thing? It's it's all
1: about the airports, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, how about we find out how you got started being freelance and for that matter, how you've ended up where you are literally today.
1: Okay, so it's not really surprising I ended up being a freelancer because when I was at uni, I studied um, graphic arts, but I specialised in illustration. I really love like all these creative projects and doing like crazy murals and just like really experimental stuff. And then when I left, I had a really creative internship and then I had to go into like real life. So I, I reworked my portfolio towards graphic design, which is much easier to get an in-house job in. And then I worked in-house designing for, for two years. But I was kind of thinking during that time, like, oh, maybe, you know, I've got to find a way to get back to doing this more creative, experimental type of work.
0: So you went in-house?
1: Yeah. So I was working for Orem Holdings. So I actually worked in like e-commerce for jewellery and watches, which was like fine. The job was fine. The people were really lovely, but it wasn't creative. It's like a lot of designing websites, but always the same type of website and always the same type of client. And yeah, I just wanted a change.
0: So what what happened next?
1: So I also met my partner while I was in, uh, working for Orem Holdings and he's from Barcelona. So that's the link there. So we met in Leicester and then kind of was like, Saved enough money to support myself for a couple of months, so we flew over here for a few months. I did a artist residency to literally just do whatever I wanted for a month, and then I tried to work out how to go freelance. How
0: did the artist residency work? Was that like at a uni or something?
1: No, they have like residencies all over the place. The one I did wasn't one that gets paid for, I actually paid to do it, because I just wanted a month to do my own thing, have my own studio and it was really good but it's kind of like after having a long time with not having a lot of creative freedom to be given so much was almost like oh god what am I gonna do you know but yeah definitely a rewarding experience
0: you said so you got two two months money in the bank how did you go about setting up that that freelance business how did you get your first clients
1: well my first month I really did a bit of a trial of trying everything so I was like maybe I'll get clients through Instagram maybe I can get them through Facebook I also used Upwork I used people per hour I networked in England and in Spain I networked and like slowly but surely a few of those things started to pick up yeah it was a real learning learning curve for me.
0: Let's unpick some of those then. Like, what was your experience of Upwork and people per hour that the freelance marketplaces?
1: Like for me, at the beginning, I got barely any work through them. But now I have a profile on them, and because I've done quite a few jobs, people just approach me. So it's it's like a really useful thing to do. But yeah, it's not something easy to get into because nobody wants to work with you until you've already got like a couple of reviews and a couple of successful projects. And yeah, it depends what situation you're, you're coming from. If you're coming from like a background where you already know that you can target this group of people, then you probably want to stay away from them.
0: So yeah, that catch 22 of getting the first project when you've got no portfolio on the site or reviews. How about the, the pricing side of it?
1: I found pricing probably one of like the biggest challenges in terms of knowing how much you should you should charge for projects especially with sites like that are very competitive so like the best thing that can happen is someone approaches you on the site they've seen your portfolio they know your style and they clearly want to work with you if they've made the effort to reach out and then normally you can price things in a in a normal in a normal way.
0: So I realised we should put this in perspective. Like, So how long ago was it that you were sort of starting out freelancing after the artist?
1: Two years ago.
0: So how long would you say it took to sort of pick up speed on those sites?
1: A few months, something like that. I got some really good projects through them in the end. I actually ended up working with L'Oreal through one of them. So that was like a fantastic client for me. There are some really good clients and then you end up getting repeat work and maybe they recommend you to someone else. And I think that's how it all grows but yeah yeah it doesn't doesn't happen quickly.
0: And then the other thing you were doing you said was was networking so networking like in person networking
1: Yeah, going to events, searching out people who might want to work with me. So like for me at the beginning, I was like, okay, let's approach a couple of like jewellery and watch companies because that's kind of my speciality within design because the work I did before. And then even just like I've got work just from going to the pub and just chatting to people and just, you know, reaching out to everyone. (laughs) You never know.
0: Yeah. So actually not being shy of saying what it is you do.
1: Yeah, definitely. And have business cards and, you know, also if you're quite excited about your work, which quite a lot of the time I am, I kind of want to show people and then people are interested and kind of all, all build up.
0: And when you, you said you were approaching, um, you know, like companies in the same style as that that you've worked with before, were you doing that like cold email or knocking on their door or like what what were you doing?
1: Emailing them. Yeah, so, like, try and find someone in LinkedIn to do with the company and then email them. Or also, like, I worked with a couple of people before from when i have been with Oram Holdings, so I could reach out to as well. But I didn't want to push the jewellery watches too much because then I kind of, like, left the job to try and create the same job. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it was more like a financial, you know, like, I want to support myself. and I don't mind doing a a mixture of stuff. I just didn't want it to be all the same.
0: So was that something you you've become conscious of over time like what you show in your portfolio
1: yeah definitely like i cut anything from my portfolio that i don't want to work on a similar project again
0: so even if it was like a good project it's like no i don't want to do that anymore
1: yeah i pretty much cut it i saw um, kate Moros did like a speech and she just said like if you don't want to do it again just get rid of it so i just followed her advice
0: Obviously, you know, when I introduced you, we said freelance illustrator, and you, you are an illustrator, but a lot of this so far is graphic design.
1: Yeah, I do both. So I'm a bit of a like crossover between the two. So I'll do like poster designs, and then obviously I have like a quite graphical feel with the typography. I don't do hand-drawn typography, anything like that. I really like like a kind of bold, old-school graphic style with that, and then with an illustration behind it. So I, I'm kind of both.
0: And do you get torn between what to call yourself? Because clearly, I mean, like having knowledge of both, being able to do both is actually a great skill. But also, sometimes people say, "Oh, focus on this," or like, I don't know. Whether that's something you wrestled with?
1: I normally just put both. I think there's so much crossover anyway between illustration and graphic design that I don't, I don't worry about it too much. And most people see my work visually, and it's a lot easier to like explain something by them actually seeing the physical thing than me you know if I could say oh it's colourful or oh it's you know I don't want to say the word funky but yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh I think you should I think that should be in your LinkedIn profile oh no I'll
1: endorse you it's like what my mum would say <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so we spoke about how how you got those first clients and evolved off this you know through, through networking stuff but how does most of your work come to you now
1: mainly repeat clients or recommendations, like I don't often have to search for work at this point, except from now, maybe I'll search for like a little bit of illustration work to just build up that part, like part of my portfolio as well. Mainly it's repeat clients, so it's a lot easier, and a lot less stressful because they come to me and then I can say, yeah, I'll book you in in, in a week or a few weeks or whatever.
0: How do you find juggling The workload that sounds like you're very (laughs) you're very organized about it
1: uh i'm very organized i i at the beginning of being freelance occasionally would do like a like an 80 hour week but i just think for like my physical and psychological health that is not healthy and i now try and organize my life so that i have fairly normal working Mm. weeks i can actually have a work-life balance
0: and where do you work from
1: I work from my boyfriend's flat out here. When I'm in the UK, I work from my family's home. I always go to the library, I go to cafes, stuff like that. Sometimes I get sick of being stuck at home, so I, I try and get out.
0: How do you deal with like the the social thing of it? You know, there can be the isolation of working from home. Also, you're in an, in a, another country.
1: Yeah, well, trying to be like, I'm not going to get my kind of social fulfillment or whatever from work so I need to go out and make sure that I'm being sociable so like making an effort to go for a drink with a friend after work or working in the library as well because you're like chats people working cafes the same Um, also like I was doing Zumba twice a week which seemed to be pretty good at kind of making me feel a lot more well less isolated I suppose
0: yeah, because like an eighty-hour week, especially in Spain, would be frowned upon. Like I, I always think they, they, they like to take take it pretty easy.
1: No, not at all. Like that, it's like the opposite of the stereotype. So
0: that whole sleeping in the middle of the day thing isn't true.
1: Some people sleep in the middle of the day, but a lot of people, especially if you work in like the service industry, so if you're like a waiter or waitress, maybe you'll work seven days a week, and a lot of people work six days a week. So. Actually, the English kind of lifestyle in that way is a lot more relaxed.
0: Well, that makes me feel slightly better about the fact that you have better weather over there. Then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll settle for that. have you found the, the business side of being freelance?
1: So, like, I think I came into this being quite naive and I would be like, oh, can you give me a 10% deposit? And, oh, don't worry about a contract. And then a few times people didn't pay me. So I've definitely learned that lesson. So always a 50% deposit. And if they don't want to sign a contract, there's something up with them. So don't work with them.
0: Yes, you got stung. I mean, actually, that always struck me as something quite good about the freelance marketplaces in that asking for a deposit is commonplace. And the fact that the client has to put the money into what they call escrow, like into like a, a separate holding account for you and things like that must add to that sense of security
1: yeah definitely especially if you work direct because it helps you financially because you can kind of stack your earnings that way you'll have 50 up front so you because payments are often delayed you know you still got something to live off until until that happens until you get the second payment
0: and what about the actual physical admin type side of it
1: Yeah, so I Excel sheet my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just have to be really organized. I think if you want to be like freelance, you have to get the spreadsheet, make your plan, work out, you know, your expenses and all the rest of that.
0: Was that something you figured out yourself? Or do you have people that you, you know, that you've learned from?
1: My friend helped me. I was really afraid of um, doing my tax return. I'd always heard that like tax returns are so terrifying. And if you get one thing wrong, you know, they're going to sting you for however much money. But I actually found it pretty, pretty straightforward, especially with like the kind of work that I'm doing. You're going to get a couple of like lump payments in your bank every month. It's really easy to keep up to date with. Yeah, so I actually found it a lot easier than I expected.
0: So when you say everything is on a spreadsheet, so you don't use other project management tools or financial software or anything like that. It's all, you're the queen of Excel.
1: I am just excelling everything, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a, tab for, a tab for what's going to be for dinner this week.
1: Yeah, well, like the government website as well has like a way to calculate how much tax that you'll have to pay. So you can use that to keep, it, keep up to date on like a rough idea of how much you have to save away.
0: Are you somebody who sort of like sets goals?
1: Um, So I've like really changed my personality since becoming freelance. I used to be a lot less organised, but now I wake up and I do my to-do list. I have like a colour, I sound really sad. I have a colour-coded calendar. Otherwise, this is so much more stressful. You know, like you can't do what you might do like uni, where you cram everything in in the last two days because you just have a horrible life. So just to keep everything as low stress as possible, I keep everything as organized as possible.
0: I don't think that sounds sad. I'm kind of geeking over the color coded calendar.
1: <laughs> it's very geeky.
0: What would the labels be? Like, how do you know what to attack first?
1: Well, I'll do like a little array of like, he's going up in priority, which also is something quite bad is if I have a difficult client, he's like, I need this now. Then they get prioritized over the nice client. He's like, whenever you're ready, you know, as well. So colour coding, depending on the client and depending on how nice they are. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: there is a colour for nice people.
1: No, 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 not, not quite that extreme.
0: Or oh, there should be. You should get like emoji stickers just to...
1: They're almost all nice now. I had a very weird client quite early on. He said to me that he wanted to... You know, on Skype, you can like film your screen? yes. So he wanted me to film my screen while I worked, and I was like, no way. What,
0: he wanted you to be online so that he could watch you work?
1: Yes, he wanted to watch me work. He was a very strange man. I designed a calendar for him, and he wanted to. He Skyped me for, I think, about two hours just talking about the calendar. It's quite a straightforward design, but I don't know. Maybe he was lonely.
0: I think you're very generous with that <laughs> subscription. Although that's, you know, it's an interesting thing of how to then deal with those tricky clients.
1: Yeah, um I finished the project, and I was supposed to do some further work for him. And I, I said that I would rather leave the project.
0: Well, you didn't just say I'm busy on other projects. You were like, no, no, thanks. I'm out of here.
1: Yeah, I was like, no, because I, I wouldn't allow him to screen to film my screen either. I thought that was way above and beyond what I was. Expected to do.
0: Either the work gets done or it doesn't.
1: Yeah, it's super controlling. And I think if I was to employ a freelancer, I'd want to give them quite a lot of like creative freedom because that's normally when people work best, not like when they're micromanaged.
0: Oh, that's slightly creeped me out. You see, so in my head, you know, living in Barcelona, it sounds like a pretty idyllic place to be. But are you working all the time? Or are you taking holidays? Or like, how, how have you managed that side of
1: things? So now I'm more and more holidays because, not like all the time, but because at the beginning I couldn't financially really afford to take a holiday. Now I can take holidays. I also managed to take off five days this month just to work on my own personal work. Because, like, for me, the idea was to become freelance to, like, enjoy my life more and to, like, work on these areas that I wanted to work on. So I try and keep that in mind and not, allow, like, allow it to become overly stressful or becoming extremely overworked and things like that I don't think it's very healthy
0: that's awesome so that five days is that like five days in a row or like one a week or like
1: five days in a row yeah so that was a good fun
0: nice so basically a week off in quotation marks to do your side projects
1: yeah, which I've been kind of like looking forward to for quite a while and just trying to book it off with all my clients and make sure I've got money to do it. And yeah, so that was really rewarding. And also, I think it feeds so much into my commercial work that like it's always worthwhile doing it.
0: So so the sort of the other work that you're talking about, that's like work you want to be known for or, or what sort of thing are you working on?
1: Um, so, like, I've been doing two different little side projects. One is I'm doing, like, do you know what isometric illustration is? Kind of looks like that old-school game illustration. I don't know how to explain it. You, like, do it in squares.
0: Oh, right, yeah.
1: Yeah, so there's, like, this isometric illustration that I've been doing quite a lot of this in my commercial work. Quite a lot of companies seem to want this at the moment. So I got quite into doing this, and it's it's a bit of a skill as well, and you're learning how to doing it while, while I'm doing these projects. So then I thought, oh, I'd like to do, like, Something with this in my personal time, and I'm doing like a kind of dream house land kind of patterny textured thing. (laughs) I'm clearly a visual person. I've (laughs) explained that.
0: And what are you doing with those? Are you like sharing them online, or
1: so? Do you share some stuff on on Instagram and Facebook, and some stuff will go on my on my website as well, and some stuff I will probably want to use to try and get more similar work in the future it's like going back to the portfolio thing if i'm happy with how this turns out then i'll put it in my portfolio and then hopefully i'll get a client wanting a similar project so off the back of that personal work i get to do a fun commercial project
0: so that's one side project what was the other one
1: the other one is i'm doing like some floral prints i find drawing florals really relaxing because you can't really make them look wrong because it's all like natural forms and stuff like that and I really just wanted to work on uh, something for me which is quite difficult is composition so I wanted to just work on composition and then just using like colors and textures because again like from a commercial project I've been using these textures um, and I wanted to see how they would work so yeah I have two but I haven't finished either of them yet.
0: That's great though so when it came to scheduling in that time did you block it off like it was client work like treat it that way?
1: Yeah, so I, d- I didn't tell my clients I'm having a week off to do my own stuff. I just say I'm fully booked for that week. And then, like, a little bit of my commercial work did end up bleeding into it because you just have to do emails and maybe you have to do a change or two. But yeah, trying to be strict and not be like, oh, yeah, I can fit you in, but then I won't get to do my own thing, you know?
0: What would you say have been like the biggest challenges of being freelance?
1: I think when you're ill is particularly challenging because you don't get paid you're ill which sucks anyway you have to cancel projects it's like you're the boss so you can't just ring into work and say I can't come in today and like I've had to work when I'm quite ill as well yeah I had pneumonia like a month or so ago and I had to cancel quite a lot of my work and it was a bit of a nightmare you already feel crap so you don't want to have to have that stress on top.
0: How long does that take to recover from?
1: It actually takes about a month to get over it, but you're like, in about a week, you can work, you know? Like, you really can't work for a week or a bit more. And it's one of those things as well, you want to be careful that you don't make it worse. There's, like, complications that can come off it, so you really want to make sure that you're fully rested and and not doing anything. Just Netflix, and that's it.
0: Is that a case of the fact that you're, like, you're so sick that there's actually no temptation to work and... You just sent emails out saying, sorry, this has happened and bear with me sort of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think like it sounds really bad, but the good thing about pneumonia, it's got a bit of a reputation. So like people will be like, oh, she's actually ill. But if you are just <laughs> <Yes>. like, <laughs> but if you've just got like a bad cold or something like that, then I think half the time you just have to battle through.
0: Now, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true and won a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me, Martha?
1: Okay, first truth. Until I was 18 years old, I believed a settee and a settee were two different types of sofa. Okay, I thought a settee was a two-seater, and a settee was a (laughs) three-seater. Okay, okay. My real name is Ivy. I'm actually Ivy Martha Williams, but I felt like the Ivy was, I mean, Martha's quite granny, but Ivy was just too granified, so I changed that. Okay, And then the last one is, when I was on holiday with my friend in Corfu, she looked down from the pedale that we were on to a line in the ground and asked me if that was the equator.
0: (laughs) Well, with setity and equator, maybe you're good friends. (laughs) Setty and setity. So setity simply isn't a word.
1: Setity is actually a three-seater sofa.
0: (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) That's in your world. (laughs) Now you're starting to make me think it is a So if you went round to somebody's house, would you say, oh, nice setity?
1: So the reason that I actually found out that setity and setity weren't different words, because I've been lied to my whole life by my family. Um, Was because when I was, was going to uni, we were looking around houses, and for some reason, I said something like, "Oh, I'd rather have a settee than a setting. And, that, <laughs> and, and then I had the Mickey taken out of me for about two years about it.
0: <laughs> oh God, that has to be true. So, Equator or Ivy Martha Williams? Mm-hmm. Do you know this is one of those weird things where I'm so <laughs> I'm so at home with the fact that you're Martha. Now I'm having to imagine your ivy when did you ah here's the question when did you decide to be be martha
1: when i was like really young so i think by the time i was in primary school i decided that i wanted to be martha i did not like ivy i knew a very old lady called ivy ah right mhm i didn't want to be grandma ivy i mean grandma martha also works to be fair
0: Whereas now, of course, I've, 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 there's a lot of I've, Ivies. Those names are back in fashion in the playground. Oh, but it's
1: weird, isn't it? Ivy and Gertrude and, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> and Equator. So for Lion and Equator, the peddler. Oh, I don't know. The setity has to be true. I really want that to be true. I feel like Martha could well be true. I don't know how you... I'm going to say the Equator is the lie.
1: No, the Ivy is the lie. <laughs> yeah, amazingly, my friend was like 16 at the time, we were 16 at the time, and she looks down to this big hole and genuinely thought the equator was a physical line around the world. <laughs> no, my name is Martha, Martha Nia.
0: <laughs> now, if you want to apologise to anybody listening called Ivy...
1: <laughs> Sorry, Ivy's a very cool name. <laughs>
0: Well done. Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be?
1: So try and see things as like an upward curve. So when I first started, like the first month, I didn't make very much money. And I made maybe like £200 the first month, £400 the second month. Like just think of it as a 100% improvement on the month before, instead of feeling like I suck, I'm not making any money. Like it will come. It just takes patience and time. I just say stick at it. And it's all right to make make errors. You just learn from them in the end.
0: Martha, thank you so much. And if you want to see Martha's work for yourself, of course, go to beingfreelance.com. As ever, with all of our guests, there are links through to what they're up to. You can say hi to them online. So yeah, go find Martha. That's a real name. What she's up to at um, beingfreelance.com. While you're there, please check out the vlog and other episodes and the newsletter and the articles and all of those things. And yes, if you've enjoyed this as well, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts and think about sharing it with other people as well. That would be um, that would be awesome. But for now, how do I say goodbye in Spanish? I've forgotten. Adios. Of course. Martha, thank you so much. Adios and all the best being freelance. Thank
1: you. Gracias.